thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're with us today for Jesus the Healer. We are having a good time around the Word. We invite you, get your Bible. Get something to take notes with and follow along with us. We started on the previous episode talking about how we treat the Word, being all in toward the Word. We were reading Mark chapter 4, verse 23, and this is the Amplified Classic Translation. It reads, and notice this, Jesus is speaking. He says, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Mm. Um, when he's talking, as I, as I said in the previous episode, he's not talking about outer ears. Mm -hmm. right. He's right. talking right. about hearing things landing in your spirit. Yes. Um, have you ever been around someone and maybe worked with someone and you could just, if I could say this, partially explain a project and they go, I got it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll get it done. Then there's others. You have to explain it multiple ways mm -hmm. from multiple different directions before they get it. Mm -hmm. And you, you naturally gravitate yes. towards someone that seems to be on the same page as you, yes. right? Yes. When you want to do, get a project done, you look for that person who you don't have to overly explain something right. before they get it. Right. Or they just get it, they think the way you think. Right. You know what I mean? And so you, you, you gravitate toward them when you need to get something done. We need to be that way with God. Yes. Yes. Meaning this, that when he says something, we, we say, I got it. I got it in here. I grabbed it. Yes. I'm not saying God won't explain things. I'm not right, saying that right. he won't meet us where we're at, but I'm saying there comes a spiritual perception uh -huh. that we need to develop. You know, when we hear the pastor preach, when we hear our pastor, we go, I know what he means. Right. I, because you're not just hearing with the mind right. running through the brain. You're listening to your heart. You're going in here. I, I, I understand exactly what he means. Right. Uh, this is what Jesus is talking about. Learn to grab things with your heart, not just try to mentally analyze mm -hmm. and get it all through the mind. Mm -hmm. Because until the word reaches your heart, you can't spend it and get the results you should. Amen. This is really what Jesus is talking about. Learn to hear from the inside of you. Mm -hmm. It's not just a mental analysis, running things through a checklist and things have to fit into a perfect uh, form before you will even, uh, you know, uh, let it in. Mm -hmm. Learn to perceive things. Sometimes when you know someone really well, um, you can just see a look on their face and you know exactly what direction they're going. <laughs> oh yeah. Isn't that right with a husband and yeah. wife? You've been around someone so long, you go, I know that, that one statement they made, I know where they're headed. I know what they're fixing to say. You fill in the blanks. What is that? You learn them. Yeah. 
We need to be with the word. We so learn God. We learn the word that we go, things land in us easily. That we're perceptive of what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us. Amen. Amen. That we don't just hear it mentally with an, uh, with an ear of analysis, but we hear it with the ear of our spirit. So he said, if any man has ears to hear, that's what he's talking about. Someone who's, who's perceptive. Um, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Remember Jesus was telling when he was dealing with his disciples one day, he was explaining some things about what he had come for and explaining about the plan of God and what he had come to do and his, his relationship, his fellowship with the father, the father and I are one and all these kinds of wonderful statements. And then one of the disciples says, show us the father. And he says, how I've been with you so long and you've not yet even perceived that what I've done is me revealing the father to you basically. So he's saying, how did you not perceive that? This is what he's talking about. Don't run everything through the mental process. Learn to grab things with your heart. Because Jesus would have to go back and specifically explain what he expected them to perceive. His disciples. Uh, He will do that for us, but we need to come to a place of perception to where we just grab it. You know, that we have a hearing heart. Amen. Amen. Not just hearing outer ears. And Jesus said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Listen, in, in your hunger, your spiritual hunger, don't just eat off of any old plate. Because there's, you want to make sure that what you're hearing is in line with the word. You know, you can be, you can be someone that maybe you've, uh, you've not been in a place where you could get food. And you're, you're hungry, you're hungry. And finally you arrive back at home and you can get some food to eat. But wait, 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 make sure the food you ate, you're, you're getting ready to eat has been cooked. Yeah. You know, well, there's a chicken in the fridge. Yeah, but that chicken until it's cooked, you can't eat it in that form. Right? right? Just because you're hungry. Just because you're hungry, don't, don't settle for the wrong thing. Be careful what you're hearing. You want something that's going to feed your faith. You want something that's going to uh, increase your spiritual life, not something that you have to undo later. Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of power. Virtue means power. Will be the measure of power and knowledge that comes back to you. That's right. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So those who perceive what God is trying to say to them and trying to show them, they'll, they'll, receive, they'll receive more than those who aren't perceptive. Those who aren't paying attention to the word. Um, those who haven't developed a sensitivity to the word and to what God, the spirit of God is saying to them. Notice this. He's letting us know it's not God who measures the degree of power in our life. It's us. How we treat the word. Is going, to be deter- is going to determine the degree of power that flows in our life. Amen. That's huge for us yes. to learn because people are just sitting back and waiting for God to dump power into their problem, address their need, and he's waiting for us to treat his word first place so that there can be a first place flow of power Amen. into our situation. Amen. Amen. So we could say it this way, how we treat the word will determine how much we receive from God. Mm -hmm. It's not God who determines how much we receive from him. It's how we treat his word. No matter what belongs to us, 
in Christ because all belongs to us in Christ. We will only partake of that inheritance to the measure we're interested in it. We have to be interested in what belongs to us. You go, what do you mean by being interested in what belongs to us? Well, you remember there were two brothers, Esau and Jacob, twin brothers. Esau was born first. So he's the one in line for the inheritance, right? Just by right of birth. Um, He's out hunting one day and evidently he had a bad hunting day because he came back hungry. And um, he comes back home and Jacob is there and he's been cooking. And Esau comes in and basically he's pretty dramatic fella. I'm on the verge of death. Well, my gosh, you could walk to the house. You were not on the verge of death, but you know, when, when you've had a non-productive day, you can feel a little overwhelmed. And uh, that must've been him that day. And he says, oh, I'm at the point of death. Uh, I just, I, I need, I need that food. And Jacob said, okay, I'll give you the food. Little, little exchange. You give me the birthright. I'll give you the food a bowl of soup. Esau said, well, if I'm dead, what good is my birthright doing me? So I'll go ahead and make the, make the, make the swap. Um, what, why did he so easily exchange his inheritance for something that was so temporal? Because he didn't value it. He wasn't that interested in it. So he easily let go of it. Uh We don't want to let go of any flow of our inheritance that belongs to us due to lack of interest. We need to stir up ourselves, be interested. Amen. Every one of us have to keep ourselves stirred. Paul told Timothy, stir up that inner fire, that gift of God that's on the inside of you. Paul said, stir it up. In, in, In truth, everything that's in us has to be stirred. Every flow of God, all the nine fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, all these that are in us, our faith has to be stirred. Every spiritual force that's in us has to be stirred up so it doesn't go dormant. A gifting we have from God has to be stirred up so it's not neglected and go dormant. Um, So what was it? Esau let go of what belonged to him because of his lack of interest in it. Too many times we've let things be robbed from us because we needed to increase our interest in holding fast to it. Um, Go to Mark 11, 24. Mark 11, 24. I want you to see something here in this verse. Now let me quote to you Mark 11, 23. I'm going to quote Mark 11, 23 first. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 23 is telling us things will obey you. Talk to them. It's all about what you're saying. Yes. Verse 23. Things will obey you. Talk to them. Verse 24 says this, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Verse 24 is telling us how to get our desires met. Verse 23 is telling us how to remove things that are in our way. Verse 23 is telling us how to 
receive things by saying, how to move things by saying. You can move them away from you or you can move them toward you with what you're saying. We want to move the wrong things away from us by what we say and draw the right things to us by what we say. Don't draw the wrong thing to you by what you say. You get that. Don't bring the wrong thing or draw the wrong thing to you by saying the wrong thing because what you're saying will either come to you or go from you based on what you're saying. That verse 20, that's what verse 23 is all about. But verse 24 is about your desires being met. What things ever you desire. Now he's telling us how to get it met. How do we get our desires met? What things ever you do when you pray, when you talk to God, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now we focus on the last half of that verse, which we shouldn't. It's appropriate right, to right. focus on it because there's so much in it. Amen. But don't forget the first part, Amen. what things ever you desire. That's right. Sometimes people think that they're not receiving things because they have a faith issue when they really have a desire issue. Right. They're not as interested as they should be. Yeah in laying hold of what's theirs. So think I need more faith when you need to sometimes just get more interested. Get more interested in what God's made yours. You won't have much of a faith problem when you're real interested. Amen. Amen. You know, when a, when a, when a single young man of marrying age sees a girl he's interested in, he doesn't have to have much faith once interest is there. (laughs) He's interested and out of that interest, he'll pursue her right? He won't say, oh, I hope I have enough faith to date her. No, I'm interested enough to ask her out. You see what I'm saying? And too many times we're waiting on faith, but if if we will be interested, our faith will be buoyed up. Yes. Our faith won't become a a dormant dead thing. It'll be stirred up. So uh, what things ever you desire, sometimes we need to address our interest level. Stir it up. Amen. Amen. I don't want, I don't want to fail to receive or I don't want anyone else to fail to receive simply because we weren't interested enough to give the word its proper place in our life. What's the proper place for the word? First place. First place. You can have other interests in life, but they can't be first. If you want to operate under the highest thing God has for you, his word sits in the first and foremost seat. When you put his word first, you're putting God first because God and his word are one. We don't want to put our job first. We don't want to put our family first. We don't want to put our hobbies first. We don't want to put other things first. First belongs to God, period. So if it belongs to God, it belongs to his word. How do we know if we're putting God first? If we're putting his word first, people say, well, I'm keeping God first, but they're not putting the word first. We know what place we're giving God by what place we're putting the word in our life. What this means is for us is in a day we plan time in the word. And then we fit in the responsibilities of the day around that. We don't fill our day up with our responsibilities, then try to fit time in the word in that. We give the word first place, right? right? And I'm not saying that it takes all day. I'm saying that you just take, be enough interested in the word and in what is God's put on the inside of you to turn toward the word, turn toward your spirit, not just turn toward the natural, the mental, the physical first, turn toward, turn toward his word. 
Amen. Amen. When you turn toward his word, you're turning toward God. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I don't want us to be robbed from simply due to our lack of interest in giving the word its proper place in our life. Esau later wanted to come back and receive his inheritance back, but he had already made the exchange. And uh, we don't want to exchange something natural for what God offers us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Many times people get this idea, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's not scriptural. He's already provided it for us. And Jesus said, so be it done unto you according to your faith. So what did he do? He let us know the responsibility is on us to lay hold of with our faith what God has already fully provided for us. Amen. 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 So we have to be interested enough to lay hold of it. Um, You know, you can understand, you can look back uh, maybe at the days when you were first going to get your driver's license when now here for us, when, you, when, it, when someone becomes 16, right. they qualify to get a driver's license. But it, although the right to drive belongs to them, you have to qualify to drive right. <laughs> to benefit from that right. First of all, you have to take a class. You have to right. take a driving class, a, a written, you have to study books. Um, you have to take written tests, but you also have to have time behind the wheel. You have to have driving lessons in the car. So you have to have lessons in the classroom. You have to have lessons in the car. Then you have to go and you have to go down to the DMV, the place where they give out the driving lessons. Uh, That when they go to give you your driver's test to see if you're going to get a driver's license, that instructor won't just get into any old car. He won't get into a car that's missing certain things. If it doesn't have a seatbelt, he won't get in it. If the blinkers don't work, he won't get in it. If the headlights or the taillights, he will check that before he even gets in the car. The car has to be in proper working order before the instructor will even get in the car with that student driver, right? Things have to be in order. This is part of the process of laying hold of that driver's license. When a kid gets to that age, they will all of a sudden get very interested yeah. in studying that book. Oh, yeah. When they, they didn't want to study their math book, but that driver's oh, test yeah. book, I'll study that, right? Yeah. What, and then they'll, they'll stay up all night. They'll cram. They'll stay all day. They'll do whatever they have to do to study. They will, they will, they will set up the time to have the actual driving lessons. They will give an all-out effort because they're interested in yes. getting that driver's license. Right. Why? Because then that driver's license means freedom <laughs> or a measure of it, right? It's, it means adulthood. It means a whole nother level of life. When they're, when they're completely interested and they give an all-out effort, it doesn't take long. Treat the word that way. I'm completely interested in my healing. I'm completely interested in my prosperity. I'm completely interested in peace in my mind. I'm not waiting for somebody to dump it on me. The the 16-year-old doesn't wait for the DMV to come to his house and say, hey, we're offering you a driver's license. No, you have to take advantage of that right to drive by you taking steps. Even so, people who just sit at home and wait for God to dump something on them, they're going to miss the whole thing. 
because he's given you the right to, to take anything you want as interested as you want, That's as you right. are. That's right. So what we lay hold of is what we're interested in. That's right. If you will be interested, you won't have problems feeding your faith that way. Wow. You won't have problems with faith Mm-mm. when you're interested in the word. Amen. Amen. Start, we, what's this mean for us? We need to keep ourselves stirred up. Mm-hmm. Stirred up towards what's ours in Christ and not be okay when things are not as God has offered them to us. Mm-hmm. I've learned this about God. He will allow you to have anything you're okay with. Mm-hmm. He'll let you have it. Even though he might have something more for you and something better, if you settle for something less, he'll let you have something less. Uh-huh. Why? Because it's dictated by our desire, what things soever you desire. He'll back you up. And I've learned this. God does not set our standard of living. We do based on our desire. I've learned this. God will fund excellence. He'll always fund excellence. In running the ministry, in running my household, if I'm okay with having things that don't work yeah. and things that are yeah. broken, God will let me have things that don't work and are broken. But yeah. if I say, you know something, I wanted excellent around here. Yeah. Yeah. I want the equipment excellent. I want the property excellent. I want my home excellent. Mm-hmm. I want the, the, the utilities in my home excellent. I want it excellent. Yeah. God funds excellence. He will never be offended by excellence. Say, no, that's too nice. No, that's too nice. No, because he is excellent. Yeah. And he always funds excellence. So what's that mean? He lets us set our standard of living. He lets us set our degree of excellence. And whatever we set it at, he'll fund it. But if we're not that interested in something, then we won't release our faith for it. So uh, sometimes people say, I want more in life than stir it up. Stir up that desire. Stir up that desire and then uh, uh, act in line with the word. Feed on the word. Get that word in you because that shows our degree of interest. Um, one, of, one of my favorite stories with Dad Hagen was with his daughter. When she was about nine years old, there was some kind of growth on her eye. I don't know if it was right by the eye or on the eyeball itself, but somewhere in the region of the eye. She was getting ready to start her school year. And uh, during, the, during the day of that, I remember this when we'd go to school. In grade school, you had to go to the school nurse. They would give you basically a general, a general examination that, you know, odds and ends, not, a, not anything thorough. But she asked her mother, she said, I have this growth on my eye and the nurse is going to ask about that. What do I tell her? So this is what Mom Hagen asked Dad Hagen. What do you want us to tell the school nurse about this growth? Well, Brother Hagen said, well, let me pray for it. So he put his hand on her eye and he prayed, took his hand off. And when he took his hand off, that growth is still just there. He can see it. He's getting ready to go on a trip preaching. He's going to be gone for weeks at a time. And so uh, he goes on the road and Mom Hagen writes him a letter and said, um, Pat, their daughter, is still asking what, do, what does she tell the school nurse because they're going to want to send her to the doctor. Yeah. Nothing wrong with going to the doctor, but they're believing God in divine healing. Right. 
And so, the you know, Mom Hagen said, what do you want us to say to the nurse? And so I love what Dad Hagen did. He said, let me write you in a couple of days and I'll give you the answer. So for the next three days, although he's preaching in the morning at night, and preaching in the morning on faith and healing, preaching in the night on faith and healing, when he goes back to his room every night in between services, he starts feeding on healing scriptures for an hour, then he sleeps an hour. Then he wakes up and feeds on healing scriptures for an hour, then goes and sleeps an hour. He alternated that every hour for three nights in a row. What does that mean? Is he earning something? No, he's showing interest. That's right. He's showing interest. He's giving an all-out effort to the Word. At the end of three days, there came such revelation. Her healing is complete. I know she's healed. And Dad Hagen just wrote Mom Hagen back and said, you tell Pat she's healed. And by the time the letter got back, she was. Amen. That had disappeared. But see what it was connected to, his all-out effort toward the Word. What's that mean? Giving the Word first place. So much of the time we get busy and give distractions first place. We give other responsibilities and we have responsibilities we should fulfill, but they, we can't put them first. The Word is to get first place. So when we give an all-out effort to the Word, notice in three days that thing was gone. When we give an all-out effort to the Word, it won't take long for our answer to manifest. Don't be, don't fall into wrong thinking that it has to take months and months and months. It does not. The reason I sometimes answers have taken long in the past is because we weren't giving an all-out effort to the Word. But if we will give an all-out effort to the Word, we can accelerate the answer showing up in our life. Amen. So what we need to do is stay stirred up. It's our privilege to stay stirred up toward the Word. How do you stay stirred up toward the Word? Feed on it, but not only that, thank God for His Word. Driving down the road, Father, I thank You for Your Word. It's working in my family. It's working in my finance. It's working in my body. I thank You for who I am in Christ. I thank You for all that You've made mine. Thank Him for His Word. Talk to Him about His Word. That's one way to just keep yourself stirred up ongoing, and it keeps your desire high in the face of a need, you'll stand strong and you won't be moved by opposition. Amen. These are things that are, they're in our, they're in our territory. That's, that's in our court. It's our job to, to have our desires high because as I said, then faith won't be an issue when you give an all out effort to the word. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. We're going to keep going this direction. And uh, these are just things we need to be reminded of every day. They're foundational to our faith life. Amen. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. We cannot live the life God authored for us without His power. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. On this CD, Confessions of Healing, Nancy Dufresne begins to lead in confessions for healing from the scriptures allowing time for the listener to repeat them after her. 
If you or someone you know is in need of healing, this CD will be a blessing to you. Order today at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.